This week's episode of Greetings from Storybrooke is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com storybrook. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com storybrook. I'd like to make a deal. You have nothing that I want. Or perhaps I do. This spell of yours... When it hits in a few hours from now? Sundown. Sundown, yeah. It'll bring out the darkness in everyone in this town. <laughs> It'll do more than that. They will tear themselves apart until everyone is dead. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is A Better Plan. <laughs> the vilest of creatures, those pious little fleas, let's eliminate this infestation. We also talk about ABC's <laughs> hit series, Once Upon a Time. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? Uh, I'm ridiculous. How are you? Great, great. And, uh, you know, if people don't know, we usually record these uh, Monday night at 8.30 p.m. True live that. on uh, Google+. Plus. You can look at our social media accounts for links on, mm-hmm. on the night. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes we have a false start. We do. And like it's tonight, a lot of fun. Uh, when Anne Marie tries to be over the graphic to make her yeah. hello. <laughs> and she was like holding the mic up like like uh, she, she I was, was making you do this. She was a darn rap star or something like that. I am a, a rap star. <laughs> rap what? star. And our guest this week is uh, – th- thank you for bearing with us <laughs> through the false start – is uh, Blair uh, Canfield. How are you doing, Blair? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys? We're good. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem. I appreciate the invite. And uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before the show got started and everything. I guess you came to us. Uh, you were you posted uh, looking for a uh, in general podcast or a once upon a time podcast in the tadpole group over on Facebook, uh, Scott Johnson's podcasting group. And someone recommended this one to you. So you're a more recent listener, which is fun. Yeah, it's only probably been like four or five episodes that I've been listening to you guys. But as soon as you guys were like, hey, there's guests, I'm like, man. I want to be a guest. I want to feel important. So I was like, yeah, let's try this out. And you are important, sir. You are important. Thank you. I I will warn you about 10 episodes into our podcast. You will hate us. But then around 15, it comes back around again. (laughs) So it'll be okay. You'll just start screaming at your iPod or whatever. You're like realizing you're like, ah, they have some weird things. But uh, and then you get over it, right? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. (laughs) And that's all. That's all the magical spell we put on every episode of the podcast that does that. Fairy dust. Speaking of magical spells, there was there was one being enacted this week. So why don't we go ahead and do the rhyming episode summary, and we'll get started talking about it. Okay, <clears throat> Rumple is tired of doing what's right as the shards of glass from the curse cloud take flight. Elsa and Emma play with magical devices that find and protect and melt all the ices. The hat is the thing and a curse that Hook carries. He's coerced into capturing those bothersome fairies. If you have loved ones, better hide them all. Tragic is coming soon after the fall. Fall! What'd you think, Emery? <laughs> I'm sorry, of the episode of, or of your fall? My fall! Didn't like it. <laughs> no, not so much. I the have episode, a... however, mm-hmm. I kind of liked it. Oh, I, I, like... thought you, I thought you were saying you didn't like the episode, but you liked my fall. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. My, oh, sorry, just... my fall. 
Uh, so, <laughs> okay, so you liked the episode and hated my fall or hated my fall and liked the episode. Which is it? Episode yay. You know. <laughs> okay, and uh, Blair, I apologize. I'm probably going to call you Blake like 30 times. I'm not sure why. Uh, but what did you think of the episode overall and, uh, of course, of my fall? You know, okay, so I've said this before. I'm like a super casual watcher. So every time that someone says, oh, this, this, and that, they had a, I had a problem with this, I'm like, oh, man, I just I thought it was good. So I always <laughs> kind of think every episode is good. But this mm-hmm. this one, I actually, because of listening to you guys, now I'm like being all critical. I found some things I liked, and I found some things I didn't like. But for the most part, I'd say, like, I really liked it. So. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yeah, and uh, just just as a rough summary for me, too, since, hey, wait, wait a second, uh, Blair. Wait. What about the fall? Oh, yeah. The fall is very on key. I thought it was great. I think you should continue with your falls. Yeah, that is C sharp minor. So. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's not a real thing. <laughs> no, uh, just basic summary. And I said this on Twitter last night. Obviously, we'll be expanding on it. I, and this uh, first part will definitely will. But I really loved 40% of the episode. The rest was a little weak for me. But the 40%, the 40% I loved. 40% that you liked. I loved and I thought was you some of the like best stuff much. the series has ever done with these now characters. Now, the other 60%, where would you put it? I'd put it... Like here? I'd send it to Oz. Oh. Yeah. Did you really wow. have to go there? I did. I did. Oh. I had to go Can we at least down send the it to Neverland? Road Let's send to it to Oz. Neverland. <laughs> but I like Neverland. Okay. I really you liked, liked Oz, too. I d- you liked the stuff in Oz. I, I, did, I definitely did like the So stuff. don't send it to Oz. Anyway. Anyway, anyway the anyway. 40%. That's the important part, right? The 40% <laughs> I like. Hook and Rumpel's whole interaction, the fight and the cycle of violence and everything, I thought was great. Like, I, I, I know a lot of people I, I saw, uh, particularly I think uh, Lauren Galloway on Twitter was saying that, that she wasn't sure what Rumpel's deal was or why he was leaning so hard into being evil again. And I, this episode really, as far as that's concerned, was a revelation to me. Uh, and, you know, first of all, I just definitely have to say that the Rumpelstiltskin character is this show to me. Yes. Like, more so than Emma, more so than the Charmings, Rumpelstiltskin really is this show to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's interesting that he chose to – well, I mean, obviously there were circumstances that led him to choose Hook. But mm-hmm. he's kind of reveling in being able to control Hook. Yeah. And I think it's really comes down to a matter of like sort of like a cycle of violence kind of thing because I think – He's still burned and kind of like traumatized by Zelina controlling him for so long. Oh, completely. Uh, last season. And so I think the second this opportunity to control, take uh, Hook's heart and control him and everything mm-hmm. came along, not only because of their history, but because he wanted to have that power over somebody. He was more than willing to kind of jump in there, take the heart and uh, have fun with it. He feels powerless. So he wants to have control over everything, over the hat, over, you know, the Snow Queen's machinations, everything. And uh, once he opens up his mind to the idea of Mm -hmm. wanting to control that or being able to control that, all that old dark one gunk comes flying out. You know, he he just, he's fallen back into his old ways. And I think it's definitely a bit to do with a with Neil dying too, I'm sure that that probably makes his whole mission seem a little meaningless. Yeah, <laughs> at times it does because yeah. Neil was his whole reason for everything. Yeah, like what what was it like 300 years or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but a uh, three three hundred years just uh, toiling away trying to get back to Neil and then he dies. 
you know, so so I'm sure that well, has a bit. Well, he sacrificed himself. Mm. He did, but I'm, I'm saying, you know, he, he regardless of whether he sacrificed himself or not, yeah. he died. True. And I think that trauma combined with the whole cycle of violence thing and wanting to be in control again after not being in control with Selena mm-hmm. and everything, when this hat pops up into his into his hands, it just can. The temptation, if it had come before Neil died, I don't think he would have necessarily taken it. I I, th- I think all of this stuff combined with him or the hat falling into his lap mm-hmm. caused him to completely go back over into old dark one ways. Yeah. What do you think, Emery? Um, he's. I feel like he's taken a very sharp turn at points, um, mm-hmm. especially this half season. He's just. It, the mean is coming, but it's not that old, like the old mean dark one. Mm-hmm. There's a weird different aspect to it. Yeah. At least then, like we said, he was doing stuff out of love for Neil. Mm-hmm. Where is his love for Belle? Where is his love that he obviously has for, um, what's his face? Henry. Because he wants to save Henry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say later in the yeah. notes. I'm super, and it came across more when or whoever whoever asked the question. I'm super confused by both by both his motives and by the Snow Queen's motives. I mean, we know like end game wise, he wants to get rid of the dagger. She wants to have her sisters. But at the same respect, I'm like, why do you want to get rid of your dagger? What do you plan on doing after you get rid of your dagger? What do you plan on doing after you have your sisters? And so I'm confused because. Why does he want to all of a sudden save his grandson? Do you know? Yeah. I feel like the whole time there's always been this like, it's only me, and then I kind of like Belle, so Belle's going to come with me and do this. <laughs> but then now it's like, okay, it's me, Belle, and then I'm taking the grandson with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think, you know, whatever he wants to do once he gets free of the dagger and gets out in the world, it, it ties back to the Snow Queen's line, what does every villain want? It all. Uh, you know, yeah. so I think he's just going to be viciously going after power and i actually think that the henry thing the saving henry mm-hmm. isn't about saving his grandson no. i think it's about saving the heart of the truest believer for his own mm-hmm. purposes it's powerful yeah it, I, I think that's why he he kind of uh doubled back around and uh mm-hmm. wanted, wanted to, to save him yeah wanted to save henry after all uh in uh emory what you were saying um like i i don't know why but it if you're watching the video, you'll see this. If not, just go look at the artwork for this week's episode of the podcast and you'll see this face of Rumple. I use this as the artwork for the podcast this week. Just because I saw a creepy big chart. Well, I, I he looks like a lizard. The second I saw this expression, this is an expression that he has towards uh, the Blue Fairy mm-hmm. uh, in Granny's uh, when he comes to get Belle. Mm-hmm. Like, just completely personified for me how, how the characters turned. It's like he looks a little evil, a little malevolent, trying to appear kind. Mm-hmm. And hating himself for all of it, you know, yeah. like you can you can see it in his eyes and his whole facial expression. Great, great uh, expressions there from uh, Robert Kyle, Carlisle. 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 Let's see. Um, um, from the chat room, just sort of going with it. Maddie mm-hmm. Candia. Sorry, I think that was um, how you pronounce it. She says, yeah, I like the dark one is different from before because now he's more normal, but still powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, tying into that, something that I really loved in this episode was when Hook's like looking to see the ice wall growing out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Mr. Gold just pops up behind him like old school Rumple used to do. Yeah, <laughs> like just randomly appear there. I, I really love that. And uh, I, I also really loved in that scene when uh, 
when Rumple mentions somebody who's pious, Hook immediately thinks fairies. Like, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, people are also pointing out that he wants Henry because he's all he has left of Neil. I can definitely Which see that, Which makes too. sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking that because he's leaned so hard into selfish Rumple mode again, that right. uh, the, he, he, the only reason he would want Henry would be for, you know... Bad, bad oh, I'm reasons. sure. I'm sure it's all for bad things, but yeah. we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. even though he's the dark one. This is why he's saving him. Uh, speaking of bad things, yeah, you you thought the knave's appearance in this episode waste. was a waste a of my knave. Bad. It was a very big <laughs> waste of my knave. I like. Okay, let's start with number one. Who gives the knave a child to protect? Yeah, that seems like. <laughs> Where's Friar Tuck? Where, where's Little yes, John? You where's, know? Well, Little John's probably still recovering from being a monkey. <laughs> so, but I'm sorry. I'm not giving that adorable child who he was teaching the parts of an arrow. Precious, <laughs> precious little curls. Um, but I think they're just obligated to ma- have him make a certain number of appearances this oh, half sure. season. Even if they're just one liners, one or two mm. lines, because we know he's going to be more important the second half. Also, are we there yet? Well, they, they they did bring him on as a series regular, which does indicate like a certain number of episodes uh, mm-hmm. appearing. So that makes total sense. The, the reason being is because if an actor is signed on as a series regular, they they literally can't really sign on for any other projects when that shows in production because they might be needed <gasps> oh, anytime. So, they wanted to save them for the show. So they so, need a guaranteed number of episodes so they get paid. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I have a question about because uh, I I can't remember Wonderland. See, this is where my wife comes in handy. Mm. The the queen that that the knave and him you know or the knave and her was she still magical by the time that that series ended? Did she still have magic? Yeah, I think yes. so. Do you think so. this is this was a shower thought? Do you think that it's possible that the knave has shown up in Storybrooke because she may or may not be in the hat? God. Oh wow! I think you just <laughs> broke it, man. Like, yeah, I, uh, I, shower so, thoughts are great, I, but that's I, what I was I thinking. Because I'm goosebumps. like, why in the heck is he here? Why is he hanging around? Maybe she's in the hat. Uh, Blair, can you do the rest of the show from your shower? <laughs> you no, <laughs> actually, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> that was amazing. I have goosebumps. It <laughs> yeah, was so good. Definitely, definitely. Actually, you know what? That that's a good a time as any. Uh, my last point here, it, just to You're tie, just tie jump in <laughs> to other people being in the hat thing. Uh, my big theory that I was going to save for the end of the discussion, but we're not going to now because uh, blew- I blew it. <laughs> he, blew he blew it, it wide open. open. <laughs> Blowing minds. <laughs> um, but uh, where, where did I put it? I had the phrasing down. Uh, no, but I think the mid-season finale is that everybody in the hat is going to be released from the hat. And we've been seeing a lot of announcements. We won't get into too many spoilers, but various villains and villainesses mainly yes. uh, be, being cast for next half season. And I think this mid-season finale is going to be everybody being let out of the Epic. hat in the storybook. Maybe even including Anna. 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 See, this is going to be the fun part is one's Anna and one's Anna. Right. Well, well, hopefully they won't be on the show at the same time. I hope. You know they will. But, uh, dude, like, high five. Yeah, Internet virtual high five. High five. Boom. High five. Boom. Okay. I, I don't even know if I can think. Okay. Well, good. It's your point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you didn't. <laughs> that, 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 that was, I think we can just end the episode now. I think you solved the whole season. Anna's coming back. <laughs> but no, you wanted to, you 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 had some concerns about how Robin and everybody were living, really living the life. Oh, it's like I don't get it, right? So Storybrooke is supposed to be this big giant place where there's 
tons of houses and everything. But why do why do Robin Hood and his merry men and the knaves still choose on staying in the forest in tents with a fire? I mean, I know it like might be their thing, but the Charmings had a castle, but they're chilling in a loft. Like you know, I <laughs> yes. just like yes, yes. Well, my thinking is, and uh, this might come from the fact that I, I uh, well, not grew up, but like spent most of my teenage years and most of my college years in West Virginia, and I knew a lot of hunters and stuff like that, and and those type of guys, they like it there. If they could live out they in the woods twenty four seven, and it still be considered socially acceptable. Uh, then they, they would totally do it. They would totally do it. Like, nope. like one, one, once you become that kind of guy, that outdoorsy kind of guy, it's hard to go back. It's Says hard to, the man with the grizzly beard. Yes. And, <laughs> and the sweater vest. And this, what's that from? Well, and then my other point was if you're, when you're looking at the scene after uh, Elsa breaks through the boulders and they go out onto the, the beach, they're all sitting around and they're talking, but in the background – there's like people chilling on the beach, hanging out. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that was like some filming, you know, they, they messed that up in filming or if that was actually supposed to be there. But I'm like, there's a curse coming, right? Like it's a big, big thing in the sky, shattering glass falling down. Like, mm. why are you hanging out on the beach? Like I, exactly. I was just, in, I was in confusion at that part, but well, it is a very slow moving curse. <laughs> yeah. Very right. Slow. I mean, I, I don't know if it came up and that's a very good point. I'm, I'm guessing it was either, uh, once fans trying to get pictures or uh but that's funny maybe someone's niece and nephew i don't know but they looked like they were skipping or something back <laughs> yeah then. they were happy mm. <laughs> yes they were happy and playing see i feel bad i i don't know how much i can contribute to this because i didn't even notice them really because yeah. i saw them the first watch through right away i was like mm-hmm. what y'all doing back there i'm curse cloud big giant purple curse cloud you should be <laughs> used to this by now take cover I, I was uh, speaking of that beach scene. I don't know if it comes up anywhere else in the notes, but like I was of two minds right before they broke through that brick wall. Mm-hmm. On one hand, because they had talked about how the ice wall had shaken things loose, and this was a new area, and Anna was on the other side, and everything. Like I was of two minds. On one hand, I wanted them to find a portal that had been in Storybrook the whole time, and then just have an easy way to walk back and forth between Storybrook and Fairy Tale Land. Yes. On the other hand, I was like, okay, we will cancel the po- podcast if that happens. I would keep going <laughs> like, on my own because I love like that. I, I both wanted it with every bone in my body and didn't want it with every bone in my body. Like, I don't know why. It's just like I was so divided on that. Like, wait, wait, uh, Blair, uh, Blair, what because what <laughs> I almost called you Blake again. Um, <laughs> what would have, you have thought if that had happened? You know, I, I didn't know what was behind there. I just kind of felt like I was like, well, maybe it's just more cave. When they busted out into the beach, I was kind of like, so there wasn't any other way to get to the beach other than the broken yes, wall? Like there was that too. See, I okay, I had a thought on that later. We're just going to completely – this doc is just here for decoration. <laughs> okay. Um, so my theory was if Emma would have let her just knock it down the first time, where would it have taken them? Did it only Hallelujah. take them to the beach because mm-hmm. that was where they were going to be because of time? The whole timey-wimey thing? Oh, that could be – like maybe like there was like a space to step through between universes yeah. for that second. <laughs> yes. And um, mm-hmm. if it would have been then, which was, I don't know, an hour earlier because at this point no clue as to time because yeah. the curse only moves this fast. <laughs> um, would we have been on Blackbeard's ship? If we were on Blackbeard's ship, how yeah, would that have been? Yeah. That would have been interesting. So there's- Side note, Blackbeard's yes. beard is lame. <laughs> Yes. A bit. For that being yeah. his name, kind of kind of. For weird. him being Blackbeard and he had like scruffle. I was like, come on, man. 
Black peach fuzz. Actually, yes, that was yeah. my next thing. Emma just let her knock down the wall. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to take a, a little break here to talk about a couple of things, and then we'll come back to the discussion. Uh, now that we've solved the entire half season, uh, thanks have. to Blair or, or Blake, depending on what I want to call him right oh, now. Wait, pause, Bobby. Yeah, like, take either. They were chasers, like storm chasers. <laughs> they were chasers. Nice. Okay, but uh, we did. We were up to some stuff on the two week break we had for Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share this stuff with you guys because just in case you missed it, just in case you only listened to the podcast. Uh, first of all, uh, Anne Marie uh, took it upon herself to not only come up with a recipe for uh, the classic hot cocoa with cinnamon uh, that all oncers know and love, but also to make it herself and uh, take some pictures and uh, did a little blog post, do a little, a little recipe post, uh, up on uh, greetings from Storybrook. I did. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, it's here. It's fun. I actually I took the pictures. Not all of them. No, most of them you didn't. Thank you very much. No, I did most of them. Lies. You were not in my iPhone. Psst vanilla (laughs) don't judge my cheap vanilla (laughs) but but no go to uh (laughs) i just zoomed in no but go to greetings from storybrook.com for that and also as promised uh thanks to the uh you know we did the greetings from storybrook shirts uh thank you to everybody who ordered one seriously and we promised if we uh made the order if we got sold enough to make the order that we would do two uh drinking game commentary episodes well, we didn't do the drinking game because we thought it would be too complicated, but we did the first yeah. uh, commentary episode for Tallahassee, and uh, it, that's episode 101 of Greetings from Storybrook. And also, I, I would recommend doing the video commentary along with it. <laughs> if you can. Because it's hilarious. And I heard from someone today, I forget who, I heard from someone today who watched the video commentary and absolutely loved it. So it, it only has like 16 views or something. If you have an hour carved out and you're going to be sitting down to watch the episode with the commentary anyway, watch the video. I'm almost it's, embarrassed because there was a lot of magic juice that night. There was, what, And it was late. What was it? It was, I, I was drinking wine. And I was drinking beer, but I think it yeah. just was hitting my... <laughs> Yeah, and it was like it was after we had done our Gotham podcast. <laughs> and uh, one more thing before we get back to the main discussion, we've been trying to get people to go out there and do some rhyming episodes or rhyming episode reviews, uh, reviews for us. I read, I read on, on iTunes, I, iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, stuff like that. We always like to do this. Just go, uh, go to iTunes or Stitcher, find Greetings from Storybrook, leave a review in rhyme, and we'll read it on the show. It doesn't have to be in rhyme. We'll we'll still read it. But it's so it. much more fun if it's in rhyme. And uh, we got one this week from uh, Li- Elizabeth Chambers. It looks like. A hundred episodes. Uh, let me try it again. A hundred episodes. Magic juice time, and also a chance to review using rhyme. A longtime listener invites you to come and join in the passion, the friendship, and fun. Their theories engage me. Their comments amuse, and I'm kept up to date with all the do 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 news. <laughs> a true fandom podcast, no spoilers in sight. The show, just like Goldilocks, does it just right. All Once Upon a Time fans should come take a look at the best Once or podcast. Greetings from Storybrooke. The best. Amen. The best. Amen. Yay! We're the best forever. Um, but no. Do, 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 do. Us. News. Us. <laughs> no, but I, we would love uh, if you could go to iTunes and take uh, well, obviously, take a long time and come up with a great rhyming review. That was fantastic. <laughs> like one. Oh, or just a short one. Make it crappy. That's fine. <laughs> and, crappy. We'll read, and we'll read it on the show. Okay. Well, now we should probably go ahead and get back to the discussion of Fall Scapenia. Ah! Okay. 
False Kapenya. False Kapenya. And uh, it, it, one of the big things, I we've already touched on it, the slow-moving curse, curse cloud. Curse cloud. A common motif in Once Upon a Time, and one that actually uh, Jennifer Morrison, in, a, in an article uh, for Entertainment Weekly uh, this week, defended. And she I, had I, to immediately after the show. Yeah, aired. pretty much. <laughs> And uh, but basically, as a me- metaphor for all the troubles that beset all of us in life, which I can see, I can definitely see. But it's so similar to the finales of season one, season three A, and season three B with the slow moving curse cloud that I, I didn't feel like there was a big threat of. It's supposed to be. It's rolling in. It'll be here by sunset. It's a ticking clock, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that our her- characters have to work against. But I didn't feel that threat. Especially once they introduced another ticking clock, which was the the fairy's vaccine for Anna. And it just – on the one hand, it hit the same note again that all those other finales did. On the other hand, it, the dramatic tension of it was completely sucked out there of the room. There wasn't any. Yeah, it, because the fairies were working on the vaccine stuff and it was like I, – I don't know. It just – it, it would have been more impactful uh, – if this episode had just started with the curse cloud, curse cloud, and then everybody in the curse, like basically this, if this week's episode was next week's episode, it would have been great, and I would have preferred, honestly, if none of the loved ones had gotten to safety or got locked up or separated. If they wouldn't have had that opportunity, yeah, they had too much time. Mm-hmm. They took like their big time. arena battle in Storybrook. I think everybody it's, versus well, everybody. it's coming. It, it is, but there's going to be it, – it's going to be slow because everybody's kind of sequestered themselves. Right. And a, I, I would have preferred just curse cloud roll in, everybody throw down. <laughs> but uh, what did uh, you think, Blair, of the curse cloud overall? Did you think it was too too similar or uh, just, uh, just enough similar? Well, like I said, short-term memory. So I really only remember like one curse cloud. So nice. you're naming three. I can't remember those. Anyways. <laughs> But well, that that, that <laughs> like, was because of the curse cloud that made you forget the curse clouds. That yeah. made you forget the curse cloud. It's the uh, it's the ticking time bomb trope. It's the James Bond like we got to defuse the bomb before it blows up kind of thing. I I kind of have the opposite feeling when they all started like that at that end, and it was like that montage of of uh, Regina taking Henry and locking him up, and then take and then. Uh, uh, gold taking bell and locking her up mm-hmm. and then the the charming's being split into cells like i'm like oh crap it's coming but that was the only time that i felt like the curse was actually there so what they could have done for me is they if if there would have been some kind of like hint at the beginning of the episode that she was going to let off this curse right so instead of last mm-hmm. episode letting off the curse this time you know she's hinting about letting off the curse let them run around and try to like fix it right let the fairies try to do their thing and then she just kind of automatically boom because i don't know what it is about these big spells but i think there's a rule that they have to start 20 miles east (laughs) and then float in for at least three hours or whatever it is you know i it's I, i hate that but like i said the end of the episode for me was when i really started feeling like okay this curse means something like you're i don't know i started getting emotional but <laughs> no like i i'm definitely excited about the potential of the curse and the episode we're going to get out of the curse i just yes. wish they hadn't delayed it it hadn't, took too long yeah they stretch it like this episode felt like stretching it out yeah it was like hmm we need to get one more episode with these characters how can we do that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what some of these little scenes part of the 60 percent <laughs> were mm-hmm. i was like okay enough with the schmoopy whoopies Let's just move on. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, speaking of that montage at the end there, which actually... You hate montages. Well, no, no, but I that love one montages. Like. I do. 
Okay. Uh, but I, like, actually, I, that would have been a really good like pre-credits tease, like a cold open. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But like, one thing that I thought was kind of weird about that is Regina went and locked herself up in the room that has all of her magical spells and talismans and everything. Yeah. That 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 can't that can't end well. She's not going to be in there long, I don't think. No, that was okay. Well, again, this. Doesn't... Oh, was that one of your points? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, for that's stopping. okay. I'm just going to jump to it. <laughs> protection spells over Henry Bell and Regina. These are only protecting them from other people. What is going to protect them from themselves and leaving? And obviously, Regina is going to be able to tear down mm-hmm. her own protection spells. Yeah, that, that's another thing too. She yeah. protected herself in. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Not, not to mention the fact that I'm pretty sure that Rumpel locked Belle in the shop with the fake – or what she thinks is the real dagger, but it's actually the yeah. fake dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, I was, no, I was thinking was... the same thing. I'm like, why are you going to lock her in mm-hmm. – You know, apparently that, that dagger is supposed to be in there. So what happens when she picks up the dagger and you don't come? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, especially considering it's going to be the version of Bell that she saw in the mirror, you know, oh, the one that was yes. already trying to tell her that he couldn't be trusted and everything. Mm-hmm. That's not going to end well, Rumple. Mm. That's not going to end She's well. She's not going to want to go to a foreign land with you. <laughs> also, okay, going with that because again, this doc means nothing tonight. <laughs> um, so, Rumple, and I think this was one of your points later. Again, we're jumping. How is Rumple immune to this curse? Why does he think he's immune to this curse? Mm-hmm. Um, Henry and Belle aren't, so they're going to want to tear each other and him apart. How is he going to get them out? That's true. They don't like mm-hmm. him. Well, I'd no. imagine that uh, part of the deal of him getting out would be like the Snow Queen magically sweeping him uh, past the ice wall or something like that. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't know. I, I, I know for sure it seemed like he has very specific things he needs to do before that happens. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he told Hook that, you know, by morning it should all be done. So, yeah. Wait, what were you? Something in the chat? I wonder if people outside of Storybrooke saw the curse and said, Is that cloud glittering? <laughs> Glitter cloud. Well, I have, I have the same question because, I mean, as far as I knew and as far as the characters knew, right? As far as uh, um, Emma and them knew, mm-hmm. the only people that were immune to the curse, according to them, were um, the Snow Queen. Emma, Elsa, and Anna, because Anna's already been affected by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how does Gold automatically get this, like, get out of jail free card? Exactly. I mean, I'm sure that was part of the deal that I can't keep track of yeah, their deals. Yeah, that's what I was assuming was that it was, like, implied in the deal. Like, I'm going to let you have the world, which means I'm probably going to let you, you Li- know. Yeah, but I don't think she would. I think with these people, you have to lay it all out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pretty much have to go if A, then B, and C. Oh, it can kind of, kind of like that old stereotype of the genie where they're trying to find a way yes. to trick you into doing something bad to yourself yes. with your wish. I can see that. Well, and the only thing, other thing I can think is when he's talking about how he's going to go around uh, the whole time trying to tear her heart out, almost as if that's the threat that's like, if you leave me here, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. so you need to get me out of here. So I don't know if she didn't get him out before the curse happened. Very true. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, who, who was next? Was it you? I have no idea. <laughs> no, we already covered my point. Emma, bring down this wall. Did, we already brought that we down. We already did about that. We already brought down the wall. We brought down the wall. In fall. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, Bri- Bryce. Brother Ray- Brother 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 Blair. Blair. There it is. You. Nailed it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> F. You wanted to talk about F. Okay, <laughs> so F, it kind of piggybacks off of Emma knocking down the wall. The story, like the, the timing in Once Upon a Time, 
I sometimes it's like I think you wrote it down somewhere else about the coincidences. Mm-hmm. But like how and okay, so <laughs> they have that big meeting with uh with uh the evil queen and the charmings and hood and they say you're gonna have to go tell her that she needs to give you that necklace so she goes she slips the necklace they take it they start heading over to granny's she goes down right and walks to the wall in the meantime they walk over to granny's figure out that there's pebbles in the bag and tell them well now we have no time there's going to be no time that we can do this so emma runs back she's coming down the elevator at the same time and elsa still hasn't blown down the wall yet. Like, to me, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so they don't have time. So it just doesn't make sense. So anyways, they blow down the wall. Once they blow down the wall, they're outside. Mm-hmm. She makes the wish, right? They keep talking. Or once they figure out that she's, quote, unquote, that, that Anna didn't quite make it, instead of, instead of um, oh, gosh, instead of Emma not turning around and taking her straight back to the fairies to get that thing working, mm-hmm. she kind of lets her sit there and be human, which is good. I get that. But at the same time, let's save the lives of everyone now that we've right. lost Anna. Said she waits around. She makes the wish. Anna comes. Then she, then, then Emma lets them have like this like 30-second, 40-second like embrace and yes. love time. Yes. And then yeah, they finally go back. Forward. And when they finally go back, by the time they get back, the fairies are gone. And we know it was just seconds after because Hook's sitting down there chilling behind the thing. Go for it. <laughs> Things I thought of. Um, so we saw Blue in her brief, 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 brief appearance mm-hmm. putting things together. And for what we can tell, it didn't spill over. So mm-hmm. I think that their hook is going to save that, I don't know, sorbet glass full of magic juice, but not <laughs> our magic juice. Mm-hmm. And they're going to somehow it's going to work. I feel like we're not done with the, the magic-y granny's special of the week. Yeah. Yeah, but it definitely the time the time the timing. Seem, oh, the, I, again, that was the sixty percent drag out. I also thought it was a little weird that with with the elevator previously, when we've seen that elevator, only Regina or Rumple could open it with like a spell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, but then Elsa just walks right on because didn't it have a lock on it because of the curse and everything? Because that's where they kept all the secret stuff. Again, that's because of the curse. The curses are broken. I, I suppose so. It, it, it just maybe, maybe I've never seen someone go in there unaided by Rumple or Regina before. I think. Okay, so more confusion. They're in the caves or the tunnels, mm-hmm. whatever. But why did they have to go down that when? Um, Grumpy, etc., was like, oh, yeah, me and the boys can take care of that, as if that was their usual digging place mm-hmm. from whenever we had the the little stone, the ting, the ver. Well, maybe maybe we're making uh, the assumption. Connected? Maybe we're making the assumption that the necklace led them to the library, down the elevator, and right. through the tunnels. When maybe it was just leading them over the tunnels, right? Or like over the area they needed to be, and mm-hmm. they just and Emma just knew, hey, the library is how you get there, mm-hmm. real easy. Can that, I make an un- – oh, sorry. I was okay. just going to pull something from um, – Aaron pointed out that Rumpel looked into the mirror and was immune to its effects when it was getting Bell. So that's how uh-huh. he knows he's okay. immune. Well, he is the dark one. He is know, the dark so. one. Yes. He does have some dark one powers. <laughs> Bell in the shop with the dagger? Sounds like a storybook clue. <laughs> but uh, going back to you know that first scene with Rumpel and uh, Snow Queenie, I – Snow Queen uh, says to Rumple, and I think this line kind of like 
personifies like my problems with this episode mm-hmm. to a large degree. Didn't we make this deal already is what she says to Rumpel. Yes. Which just completely like stinks of kind of, kind of like retconning or like adding a story point after the point or after, you know, mm-hmm. you've, you've set it in stone. It, it was basically a retcon right up there at the top. And uh, in, I'm sorry to make this complaint again, but it, the, the writing could be so much better. You know, 50% of the dialogue is characters catching other characters up on what's gone on, retelling previous plot or retconning previous scenes like mm-hmm. in, in this example. I, you know, to refocus the story or like add Henry to the list of people escaping <laughs> a story right. broke. And it's just – yes, sometimes that happens. This is production. You know, you – Maybe the writers figured out after they'd filmed four or five episodes that they wanted Henry there for some reason or something. Mm-hmm. But there, it feels like there's, there should be a smarter way to do it, even like on the day, even on the set. Like if I was an actor on the set and someone handed me a line like, didn't we already make this deal mm-hmm. to kind of justify a change? To in opening the, the episode. Yeah. It, like I, I would be like, couldn't we sit, even just change the line a little bit to make it seem better? Like, oh, you want even more now because you're so selfish, you know? It, it, it's simple to be a little, just a little bit like a hair smarter. And, you know, I, I have heard some people say that, you know, that's network TV. You have to be really obvious. You have to beat people over the head with it or they won't get it. I think they're beating people way too much over the head. Yeah, I was – once hasn't had this problem nearly this bad in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Like this is a season for a problem. And it just it, – it's a little disheartening mm-hmm. overall. Uh, but, the struggle is real. You know, and, you know, it's possible, too, that I could be reading into it a little more than is actually there just because, I don't know, maybe I'm not as tied in emotionally to the characters or maybe the actors' performances in previous seasons were stronger, so I didn't notice it as much. But That could have been. It's just a, a little pr- niggling problem I've been having this whole season. Uh, yeah, Blair, what do you think? Well, see, I'm I'm that person that needs to be beat over the head uh, 50 <laughs> times to remind me. So those things are, at least for me, they're really good because I, like I said, I sometimes there's so much. And this is, this is the problem that me and my wife had at the very beginning of Once Upon a Time when it first started. Mm-hmm. They introduce so many characters that you get involved with so many different things. And if, you're, if your focus is more, if you like more of the story of Hook and Emma or you like more of the story of Anna and Elsa, sometimes I tend to zone out on other things. So, mm-hmm. like, you guys are super big on to Belle. You guys really like Belle. Whereas me, I don't notice Belle as much, you know? And so when she doesn't show up in an episode, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't spark my memory or anything. So these, like, little reminders every once in a while are good because sometimes I just totally forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And like, like I said, you know, it's not their existence that bothers me so much as they, they could be just a touch clever. <laughs> just yes. A touch. Right. Uh, it's just right. the way they're going about it is not mm-hmm. so effective. Are you saying so pretty much the Ice Queen should have said, on last week's episode, you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there's a graphic. Boom. Hey, do you remember in the second half of the two-hour special we had two weeks ago <laughs> on ABC at 8 p.m.? Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Blair here. Uh, you you uh, want oh, to talk yeah. a little bit about uh, the Charmings, Evil Queen, all that stuff? Yes. Okay, so this whole season I've kind of felt like – and I, maybe you guys said it earlier too – that the characters are kind of lacking. And it wasn't until the Evil Queen said basically, you guys are leaders. You guys need to step up and be leaders that I'm like – that's it. This whole season has been such a 
drag from the Charmings, from like the, the leaders that you're so used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Charmings walking through uh, Neverland and just taking charge the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Emma just always kind of being so confident that seeing Emma in this season where she doesn't know her magic powers mm-hmm. and seeing the Charmings where uh, uh, Snow has got a new baby and she kind of knows what she's doing, but she kind of doesn't. It's a, It's such a weird feeling to me because you've seen them so bold before in this season i just don't feel like they're that i don't know agreed we'll see this season i've definitely noticed that snow feels like she's she's uh becoming more and more like regina and i when we were watching this episode who's whose heart got split in half snows snows yeah so i'm thinking part of that might be well i mean obviously she's been shoved into this leadership position right but but like she's behaving more and more like even regina was noticing it this episode Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering if that if they're they're finally going to play around with that uh, the idea of that dark spot she has on her heart from killing cora right or making regina kill cora growing you know i'm sure they will and mm -hmm. who knows that spot really could have grown to both of them very true they could we don't know where the heart split yeah, and I, I don't I, think we might. Who knows? There's probably a graphic somewhere. I, I would imagine <laughs> that, that that's something they might play with next week too. You know, they'd have sure. to. Which I mean, it was weird to see them just like. Oh yeah, the, the visions of hate. I was like, oh, so sad. That was part of the forty percent I loved. That oh, last. Oh, it was shot. amazing. It was absolutely amazing, but it made me so so the sad. The look on Snow's face. There was something I wanted to say. With okay, when she was like, "These are things that the mayor would have taken care of." I do have to say I loved Snow's response. Yes, that's easy. When you the mayor is also the only villain the town has to worry about and she's only worried about herself. As mm-hmm. opposed to Mary Margaret who's had to deal with multiple villains and none of them being herself. Well, kind of, but not really. And a crazy power outage. Who knows how to fix that? Who knows how to fix that? <laughs> Who knows? So that I just would like to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, uh, let's see here. I, I another and I, I'm sorry to be such a negative Nelly. You but, are a negative Nancy today. Well, like generally when when we're I'm going through like my three to six pages of notes here uh, on the episode to put my notes in. I generally try to f- try to focus on stuff that I'm really super duper excited about. Mm-hmm. But I figured you guys could handle that this week. Uh, <laughs> no, but have I, we done that? But it, it was just I saw such a. I, I saw such vitriol, like in the in the once fandom I, after last night's episode about the episode that I, I I felt like I had to I, I had to at least speak up for the people who disliked it and at least you know point out the I don't know the the things I hated about the episode that excited me in the opposite direction or something I don't I know. don't even know how to understand that statement you shouldn't good you Go sh- with I your... wouldn't recommend it good. Fall. okay. Uh, no, but wow. I, I really hated – I there were a lot of coincidences in this episode and they were all coincidence, coincidences that benefited the characters, which feels like really weak storytelling to me. Like, you know, mostly the frozen, frozen stuff, honestly, the frozen storylines. Now, the worst one in my opinion was them throwing them overboard right where the shipwreck had happened for several reasons. I, and this is the only one I'll point out, like the only one. But there's so many supporting reasons why this is a stupid coincidence. <laughs> uh, how did they know where the shipwrecked? They didn't – especially considering they mentioned in the, this episode no bodies were recovered. Yeah. How did they know where the shipwrecked? I uh, also, you know, they were on their way to Mist Haven. It seems like it should have taken hours or even days to get to where the ship wrecked. Right. Because, you know, they had to have been sailing for a while without seeing a storm if it caught them unawares and caused right. them to die. Right. And uh, 
Then uh, Blackbeard happens to save him, save them by putting them in the trunk to ensure that they'll die. Like it, they, they probably would have died if he hadn't put them in the trunk. They absolutely would have died if he yeah. hadn't put them in the trunk. Mermaid or no, or unless you know, Ariel yeah. happened to be taking a jaunt. Yeah, exactly. Which you know is what would have mm-hmm. happened. But you know, it, it, it just happened to save them, which was very coincidental. And also that the trunk landed right next to the bottle, and the bottle, which obviously will have a very plot important message or theme important message just happened to get sucked along with them in the wish also i re- i was really hoping when elsa wished for anna to come back that uh what's his face uh her boyfriend christoph christoph yeah that christoph oh. would have been left behind <gasps> Blasphemy. no i like dream scenario here's what would have happened elsa makes the wish Anna gets sucked through, gets sucked into Storybrooke. Kristoff is left there. We don't see him again the entire episode. Season finale, we find out that, like, Ariel saved him or something. But we think he died for, like, two episodes. They don't need any more of that. And they probably would have never done that because of the whole Frozen thing. (laughs) But I'm with you with the coincidences. Like, even when they go to the ice wall to climb over the ice wall, Mm -hmm. and boom, we hit the ice ball, and there's a crack. Oh, and it cracked specifically right around the necklace. There's the necklace. Yes, that was... That was a little. Oh expensive. yeah! If we if we get to random shouty of notes uh, thing, I have a ton of coincidences. I have one of those. That's what my last point was. I the, think there were billions of. There them. Were tons. Actually, that's my next thing. So random thoughts. Feel free to jump in. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I like Blair's last point. I hadn't Me noticed too. it until now. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save, save it, it. Save it. Save it. Okay. Random thoughts. Thirty years frozen. How did Hans and company know that they'd been frozen for thirty years and nobody else really seemed to because everyone in Arendelle acted like nothing. Had happened mm-hmm. how well, because they had to have known before they got to blackbeard otherwise how would they have made the connection mm-hmm. with the dude to get to the blackbeard and to control the army i i need timelines timelines yeah, well obviously they had been running around for a few minutes longer than anna and Kristoff when they a barred. few but it couldn't have been and I mean, I mean, there there was a matter of days, I guess, in between them leaving the castle and them showing up at Blackbeard's too. So I mean, that could have. And they they were traveling through a land that they might have seen a year listed somewhere that clued them in a newspaper. Okay. Or whatever. But how the, would everybody else know? Everyone, all of Arendelle was frozen. Mm-hmm. The only people who would know would be Blackbeard. Well, I'm saying they would have. Uh, because that was mentioned by Hans, right? It was when, mentioned by Hans. And they had to travel from Arendelle to wherever Blackbeard was. He was at the port. docks in Arendelle. Was he? At it the, was in Arendelle. Are you sure? Because I thought there yes. was like a matter of days or something nope. in between. No. Nope. Okay. I could be rolling. Yes. But uh, random points. Random, random thoughts. Points. Okay. Where did Elsa get the fancy little blue bag that she held <laughs> the necklace in? I'm like, hello, you're new. Gold straw. Isn't Rumple usually better about covering his tracks with stuff like that? That felt a little crazy to me. Also another coincidence that benefited the characters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Why does Rumpel think that the fairies will be enough to fill the hat? Because he hasn't really put that many people in there. I think he just wanted to take on the fairies person. So do I. I just didn't like that. I'm marrying you before I die. (gasps) Precious. Um, Welcome back, Snowflake. I like that Kristoff was like, Kristoff, as soon as she's like, I'm going to marry you. He's like, no, no, we're not doing this right now. (laughs) We're going to get out of this. Then then we can get married, but not right now. Yes. (laughs) Um, welcome back, Snowflake Necklace, or should I say Wishing Star that we never heard of. Uh, Charming's reunion with Anna and Kristoff was precious. Oh, you cut your hair. So did you. Oh, you cut your hair. Joan, what? Huh? Taking more time than we need. Um, how long does the hat actually stay active once it's turned on? And what does it take to turn it off? It, it appears that once it's been used. But then it should have turned off after the first fairy. 
Maybe, maybe it, it like so much magic in the real world and in the storybook magic, world. Magic, 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 um, magic. But no, it, it probably comes down to intention. I'd assume like Hook had to. In- okay, I'm done with that thought. Mm-hmm. I would maybe the hat collapses back in or something. I don't know. Okay, uh, brouhaha. I mean Blair. Uh, <laughs> you, you had uh, uh, one last point here uh, that you wanted to Shaq, point wait. out. I'll do this one, and then I got another one from Hope. But I really like your sweater vest. That's oh, a nice looking you. little thank you add on you got going on there. <laughs> got a cute little video. Um, but Hope said this twice now in the chat room. Uh, she goes, "Are you guys going to bring up the fact that Anna and Elsa were brought together from wishing really, really hard? When did the show come from? The characters relying on themselves to save themselves from magical items of the week saving them. I think that's a super good point. I feel like every every episode that's like." Oh man, we're not going to make it, and then poof, there's a magical, magical item that 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 gets them out of there. Like, mm-hmm. and Bobby says it too. He says that sometimes maybe it's the maybe the author is making all the coincidences happen. Um, oh, yeah. But well, yeah, it always that. feels like there's just always a way out. Like sometimes I think I'm with you, Bill. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if they're going to do that, if they're going to make a magical way out, like leave Kristoff there. Or like make it make it make a sacrifice for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think when it comes down to it, they they were probably like they thought it would be a cool idea, and they thought Frozen worked really well th- with the themes and everything. But once it got into the reality of making putting Frozen to Once Upon a Time, I, I'd assume probably from up on high, they they had to hew closer to the the cartoon versions of the characters than they would have liked. Maybe and maybe that's where a lot of it's coming from. Like they can't. They can't leave Kristoff in the trunk. They can't damage them too much because there's a sequel coming out in a couple of years. Amory? Bobby Hawk. When you wish upon a star, I'm going to stop singing, but you know the line. I, I but do. it's as long as you're pure of heart and Anna mm-hmm. and Elsa are pretty much as pure as you can get. Yeah. So. Although uh, her happening, happening to wish just as a phrase seemed a little off there. Whatever. Too. Okay. Since... since uh, since we've been talking about this anyway. Wow, we've been talking a lot tonight. Fall. Okay, Fall. we'll start with you, yes! Blair. <laughs> yes, we've sucked him in. Out of two wishing stars, how many wishing stars two? would you give this episode? Two? two. Seriously, William. You, 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 can, you can get into decimals or fractions. It's okay. Oof. It's All right. Encouraged. Out of two wishing stars, 1.25. I think I, I liked it, but like I said... This is like the only episode where I've just been sitting there watching it and just been like, yeah, but if you guys just would have hurried, you would have made it back to the fairies and you could have seen Hook <laughs> sucking them into a hat. And like it was just it was just one of those things where the, yes, the episode kind of fell apart for me. But I loved the, the points. I loved the main points of it. I loved the wish. I loved that they finally got that reunion. I loved watching them at the end where they finally, you know, they decided that, OK, we're going to have to lock ourselves up. And then that freaking part where there's uh, Emma and Hook. And he's giving her that like goodbye kiss, and you're just like, "No, dude, you're gonna die!" Like I know you're gonna die. Like don't die. So. Yeah, and then you can see it in her eyes that she can tell something's just off. Or something. Well, he's been right. off yeah. since you know he lost his heart. Yeah, there's been a couple looks like that for Emma. Okay, Emery, two wishing stars. What do you give it? One. Why? Because, well, just like you said, the forty percent that was awesome was awesome. The sixty percent that wasn't was. Mm-hmm. So that balances out to a fifty percent. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, William? I'm going to give it a 0.87. And same reasons as you because you stole my reasons. Was that what you were going to do? <laughs> well, no, that's what I said. Up top. I'm just – no, but I, it, it was 
it, it, it was necessary. It was an episode that had to be there. I think it could have been done much better than it was. I'm scared to see the stars in the chat room. I'm just going to say that. I, I, I also think that, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think there's a version of this episode that would have blown my mind completely and I would have loved from front to back. And sadly, it just wasn't the episode they put out. But it all set up next week, which I think might be one of those episodes that just completely blows my mind. So I am very excited to see next week's episode of Once Upon a Time. Mm -hmm. A little down on this week's episode. Okay, and uh, let's see here. Actually, uh, uh, Blair, uh, we'll we'll probably go ahead and let you go here so we can get on to uh, letters and the news and all that kind of stuff. But but, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, What do you do online? Where can people find you? All right, now I'm just uh, I'm just starting off. I'm uh, just uh, getting into this whole online thing. I know it's been around for a while, but I decided to venture into it. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at BlairCan. I do a uh, end segment on one of Scott Johnson's uh, shows, The Boop Show. So if you want to listen to the whole show and then wait till the end, I'm on there. I do an app review for him. Um, but other than that, I just like talking with people on on Twitter. So you can hit me up there. But I wanted to thank you guys. Uh, for having me on you guys are so awesome and this is such a pleasure and i love your show so keep doing awesome things dude Yay! seriously oh. seriously your your contribution uh been amazing the the anna and the hat thing like maybe one of the best like <laughs> things any guest has ever said ever 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 like i uh, i mean we've had a lot of great guests a lot of people who love the show who were very insightful about the show but many I, of whom are in the chat room y'all rock yeah yeah we love you, <laughs> love you. Uh, but no you completely blew my mind with that though uh, great job man and, and we'll have to have you back on again sometime it was a blast well thank you you guys have a good one finish pause, the show great pause. wait before you get rid of them what yeah can we can we mention real quick hey we're thinking of starting a third podcast oh yeah if anybody out there has ideas for mm-hmm. that can you shoot them our way yeah we're tr- trying he to probably out... had a proper thing for this but mm-hmm. i just wanted to think about it yeah no no it's good because some people tune out uh after the main discussion uh yeah we are thinking about starting up a third podcast that's not completely centered around a television show because we hate we hate not talking to you guys on weeks that you don't like the sh- main show, right? Or whatever. You know, like we we definitely feel a loss of interaction when the episodes aren't as well received, and we know people have fallen off from listening to us because they've fallen off of once. And we there's this- also these things called mm. summer and winter breaks yeah. where we go for like three months mm. without talking to people. So we're trying to find some sort of niche topic that you guys would dig mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't be so general that it would be boring for us that we can throw the bones we've built f- with greetings and legends of Gotham and throw it onto something that we can do all year round more or less so uh, any ideas shoot them over greetings from storybrook at gmail.com okay uh before we get to the news uh, we do want to talk a little bit about my book your book uh yeah uh, dog boy uh, if you don't know I, I write a series of uh superhero adventures called dog boy adventures hold on finding the book i have one right here oh look at that yeah the first one uh den of thieves but i i came out with uh i'm coming out with book four right now i'm releasing it in three episodes uh dog boy eye of the scarab and episode one is out now episode two comes out next week i believe it's already up for pre-order but emory why don't you tell them a little bit about episode one <clears throat> Colta city is a timeless old town but time is catching up to it Old friends and old enemies close in around Bronson Black, and an impossible choice hangs over him. As the modern world bleeds through, Dogboy considers the past. His decision could spell the end of his crime-fighting career, but maybe that's a good thing. Very dramatic Wasn't reading. It? Isn't it dramatic? Yes. I'm trying things. And also, uh, on this podcast, the last, uh, I think, 10 or 15 minutes or so, I turned on my webcam last week and, and read the first chapter of the first episode, and so I'm just going to throw that audio 
on the end of the podcast as a bonus. But if you if you like what you hear or you like the description or you want to support us, uh, go to bit.ly slash eye of the scarab and you'll be able to pick up the first episode and pre-order the second one. And now on to the news. News. Okay. So news ratings. Yeah. Ratings up first. Oh, wow. By the way, links to all of these articles will be in the show notes at uh, greetingsfromstorybrook.com. But as it stands now, pending Nielsen's release of uh, restated, a.k.a. corrected, uh, week two demo numbers, uh, Once Upon a Time uh, it got 7.7 million, uh, 2.6 share, down 16% and 21%. And also, I guess there was a bit of a hubbub a few weeks back because I guess the Nielsen count was off for several weeks, like for the fall oh. season. And I guess uh, once has gotten adjusted down oh. a little bit uh, oh. from all the previous weeks too. But, you know, it's across the board, so it's not that big of a deal. Relatively, they're still doing pretty much just as well. Uh, but they are down a little bit this week. 16% isn't just as well, <laughs> I just want to say. Yeah, they are down a little bit this week. But uh, some of that can probably be explained yeah, by after the – After a week off. Yeah, after having the week off, some people take uh, a week to get back into it. We've seen that before mm-hmm. when there, there's been breaks and stuff. Pretty much. Okay, uh, next up we're going to – oh, I never show that. What? I never will. What would you do? I know the covered Eye of the Scarab that oh, Tom Gerke did for me. There it is Tom if you're Gerke, watching woo! the video. Um, but – as usual, uh, we will uh, – the what's next week's episode called? Shatter Glass <laughs> or Shatter Sight? Like would the make curse. sense. <laughs> no, but uh, we can't play it on the stream, but we're going to go ahead and uh, narrate we'll talk it. If, we'll give you a commentary yes. on it. Okay, so uh, this freeze frame is already kind of – Intense. Here, I can show – Freeze frame on, on video. It's a snow and charming facing off against Ooh, each other. She's got a sassy look on her face. She does look pretty sassy, but let's go ahead and I watch love this. Sassy. Next Sunday. They push away. Uh, evil Regi- queen in her evil queen gear. Oh, uh, looks hook? like someone's pulling a home alone on hook with marbles on the floor. Which Maybe I can Henry. Is Henry. She yeah, wants to and, watch and her bleed. Snow gets a sword. Fighting See, in snow jail. is good with a sword. That's the snow I've always oh, wanted. And snow throws Regina through a glass door yes, on ABC. Exactly. No, I like that. It looks really good. It if looks you, awesome. If you want to watch the promo, go to uh, greetingsstorybrook.com. Uh, check out the show notes. Now, if you want to listen to the letters, I would recommend skipping ahead about two minutes into the podcast because the two things we're going to discuss right now. Spoilers. Super spoiler. We're talking spoilers or here, if, people. If you're watching live, go ahead and just mute us for a couple minutes. I'll wave at the camera like this when we're done talking about the spoilery stuff. He's just going to wave randomly now. Okay. Uh, but uh, giving you enough time, enough time, enough time. Okay. First off. We did get uh, a it's first picture lady. of Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille. No, but looks pretty good. Looks, looks pretty awesome. good. Like super duper good. What am I doing? Wrong here? direction. Wrong direction. There we go. Bigger. Now we're coming back. Where's the puppies? Yeah, but uh, very, uh, very Cruella DeVille looking with enough of a twist. Yeah, the it's enough literal, but it's mm-hmm. enough modern. Yeah, and this is uh, one of the villainesses we were talking about earlier. Yes. And another one uh, was cast over the break here, and that is uh, an official Ursula. Uh, now, uh, alias uh, vet Marin Dungi has been cast as Ursula in Once Upon a Time for the next half season. Uh, now, if you guys don't remember, oh, what? Yvette Nicole Brown yes. from Community uh, voiced Ursula in the original Little Mermaid episode, the real Ursula, the one that was in the statue and everything. Mm-hmm. But actually, it, the Ursula announcement is really what got me thinking, you know, they're going to let every all these people all out of the hat. That and the fact that Corella was standing out in the middle of town square and stuff, it felt it almost felt like 
that's when they all get released or something. In the middle of the town. Yeah. Yep. At night, apparently. At night. At night. No, but, but uh, very cool. And uh, here, I'll wave the camera. You can come Hi, back if come you want. come back. <laughs> and uh, one more thing I wanted to point out. Uh, there, there, there was a, a video release this week uh, that's kind of a behind the scenes of the special effects of Once Upon a Time. Now, we – a lot of times we make fun we, of we make fun we of torment. or poo poo the effects. Yes, we poo poo them. But uh, it's really incredible how much they accomplish in such a short time. Like I, they go into it in detail in the video. But you know, hundreds of shots every episode they have to do. You know, by hand animation, compositing stuff out, and everything. So you know, we'll still poo poo the effects because we'll we we poo poo the effects. But you know, <laughs> I, at least I have a slightly better respect uh for you know what they do on a week-to-week basis and it also has some cool stuff about how they use some of the official assets from uh the frozen movie and stuff like that too how many times can we say poo-poo no more poo-poo. okay now we're gonna go ahead and uh, get into the listener feedback here as- so much awesome listener feedback definitely Yay. as always when you get done watching the episode on sunday night run to your computer knock anybody you love out of the way maybe maybe kill them Get to your Don't computer, email them. Do not be the dark one. Shattered site. Greetings from Storybrook at gmail.com. Twitter at GS Storybrook. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And you know who, who we're going to bring in while we... Uh... Who, 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 who? Rumple's come <gasps> in Rumpel, with the urn. Hello. Hi, I'll Rumpel. take that from you, sir. Rumpel's here. I'll take and, that. And uh, here, Rumpel. Here, hear me. First voicemails oh. from Bobby. Of course it is. I'm really bad at this. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. Okay, so this week we finally got to see the curse enacted. We got to see the reunion of Elsa and Anna, and then, of course, uh, the return of some storybook characters that we haven't seen in some time. So all in all, that sounds like a great episode on paper, but unfortunately it didn't turn out as such. It just seems like this... Even though I like a lot of what they're doing with the Frozen characters on its own, when you try to to gel it into uh, the season and previous seasons, it just seems a bit forced. Uh, as far as the Storybook characters, I was really hoping for a bit more screen presence. Um, all the the brief amount of time they did get just made me long for episodes where they played a larger role, especially Grumpy and Blue. So I'll try to point out a few things I did like. I liked, of course, the reunion of Elsa and Anna, um, even though that did seem a bit forced. And I know I keep knocking the Disney references, but the two that I saw in this episode were actually, uh, I found quite amusing. The one being when Anna told Hans, hey, I sang with you. Uh, I laughed out loud at that. And then, of course, when they mentioned swimming in gold and Anna said, ouch, I couldn't help but picture Scrooge McDuck and his money bin. So... So Life is like a hurricane here, here in, in Storybrook. It was an Arendelle. Arendelle. Dell. So what? I think we have like another episode or two left of this half season. I'm hoping that when I sit down and watch them all together as a whole, that it seems, uh, you know, that it all comes together. The half season as a whole. A bit more because watching it week to week just it doesn't seem to fit. But of course, can't wait to hear whatever uh, all of you guys thought. Thank you very much, Bobby. And uh, next up is a voicemail from I, – I think it was Kyle. It was a little hard to hear, but a, a first-time caller. So Yay. take it away, Kyle. Hi, guys. This is Kyle Thompson. Um, I just wanted to call and say you guys are really awesome. 
I listen to your guys' podcast on the way to school, and I gotta say, you guys are the best podcasters, and I just love you guys. You guys make my day. If I'm sad, I just go over to Greetings from Storybook, and you guys brighten up my days with jokes and rhyming summaries and all that stuff. So I just want to take this moment to say thank you for everything you do. Bye. Yay! Thank, uh, thank you. you, Kyle. And we apologize for brightening your day. We'll try and make it darker and dimmer and drearier in the future. Okay, uh, next up. Oh, no, but seriously, thank you, Kyle. Thank that you was so awesome. much. Like, actually, uh, this morning, like, I was like, I, I was sick all weekend and I was feeling Ooh. all weird sitting, de- coming down here this morning to work and everything. And, and I, I was uh, getting stuff together for the episode and I played that voicemail and I was like, you know, I feel pretty good today I'm now. doing good things. So thank you, Kyle, for brightening our day, too. Okay, and next up is Other Anne-Marie. Hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. This is Other Anne-Marie calling for Greetings from Storybrooke. I cannot believe how amazing this episode was and that there's, I think there's two more episodes to come after this. I'm really happy that Adam and Eddie are setting it up in such a way that it feels like it's the end, but there's still more to come. So I can't wait to see what is going to happen. Um, Just a lot of one-liners that I really liked and... Um, one of the biggest things that I am really curious about right now is the hat. How is it all going to play out with all the fairies in there? And it must make Rumpel really, really happy because he's been anti-fairy from the start. So can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. And um, out of 10 fallen shards, I'm giving it nine and a half because I really liked it. Bye. Thank you, uh, Amory. Thank you. And, and yeah, like it, like I said, uh, all of this feedback, it's either people thought it was the best episode ever or, or the, worst the worst episode ever. There is no in between. Nope. There is no wrong answer. Uh, speaking of uh, that contrast, uh, here here's a voicemail from Michael Sarah. Hey, Bill and Amory. This is Michael Lucero. Um, I have a feeling y'all really liked this new episode, but I really did not. I've been really enjoying the season as a whole, but this one, I don't know. I just This is where I get frustrated with the writing again. Uh, I kind of get why the spell led Emma and Elsa to the beach since Anna and uh, Kristoff were in the ocean at the time, but why would would deactivate just because they're thrown overboard? Does the locator still have the ability to just assume they're going to a die? Also, Arendelle has a really naive populace or a really forgetful one. Uh, kind of see how it makes sense to accept Hans as a leader in the movie since they, had, they just revealed that Anna was supposedly going to marry him and she was in the royal family, but then he was a traitor and they seem to have forgotten that. It's not like they uh, marched in and conquered the country with their army since um, there's just five guys and Kristoff and Anna were enough to overpower them in the palace. Yeah, not to mention that true. Anna and Elsa felt like they had to hide from their guards that work for them. Like a couple episodes ago or last episode or whatever. Apparently our voicemails are echoing. Nope. Everybody's having trouble understanding them. Oh, really? That's a shame. I'm uh, sorry. So- sorry for the live listeners. Um, we'll fix it for the... Yeah, sorry, sorry about the echo. We will fix it. Uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and finish playing this one, though. And worst of all, seriously, when are they going to be done with this whole predestination storyline? Operation Mongoose. I'm not enjoying this at all. I thought the whole point of Robin and Regina finding the alternate page was that they could have made a different decision in the past, that their fates weren't written by another hand, and they do actually have free will. But now they're still looking for the author of the book and saying, oh, you really will be happy if we can just find him. Really? Why? Do we do we learn nothing in this show? I just don't get the... I mean, if that's true, they don't have free will, and then why is this even interesting? How are they even able to search in the first place? Anyways, I'm probably over two minutes. Sorry about that. Hope y'all uh, enjoyed it more than I did. Can't wait to hear the podcast. 
Take care. Minute and 36, I uh, trimmed it down a little bit for you, Michael. And yeah, sorry to anyone listening to the live stream who wasn't able to hear those voicemails. That must be very frustrating. But, you know, it's still new. We're trying. This is episode, what, 10, 11 10, 11 for greetings that we've been doing it with. So we'll continue to get better. Sorry about that. Um, Before we get into uh, the quick bits and the letters and stuff, I just wanted to mention that we got after our 100th episode a couple weeks ago, we got a ton more uh, messages and voicemails and all sorts of stuff. I may. I have uh, cried a few times. Yeah, but uh, really heartfelt, great uh, missives from people wishing us a happy 100th and talking about what the podcast has meant to them over the past couple of years and everything. But a lot of them Im- were implying that they waited. Um, to not be read. Yeah, because they didn't want to be read on the air or whatever. So uh, we just wanted to say – Acknowledge it and say thank you. Yeah, we no, really, really do appreciate it. Definitely. No for naming realsies. names or anything, but thank you very but much you, for all this. I'm talking about you. You. And you and that guy over there. But not him. Nope, not him. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, and uh, na- now we'll uh, do some quick bits here. Quick As bits. always, you can go to uh, greetingsfromstorybrook.com and look at our blog post uh, post for this episode. It'll say fall in the title. Fall. And you can read all the letters we're not going to have time to get to. Fall. Um, it, all the letters we're not able to get to this week. But we, uh, we have a couple things that we'd like to uh, point out to you from them. Uh, first of all, Ember is a new listener who thinks about characters eating magic beans a lot, which nom, I, I think nom, would be a great diet nom, plan because, you know, the food just goes through. Wu says, thanks for letting him be a part of the community. Of course, Wu. Hello. Uh, Michael Sarah sent us a letter a few weeks back, but we missed it. Uh, we got you this week, Lucero. You really enjoy the Sarah and the Lucero thing, don't well, you? Well, I told him I was going to call him Michael Sarah on the podcast. Way to be. So. Okay. Um, Alina thinks Anna's reaction to Storybrooke was priceless. Wait until she sees the movie. <laughs> sees her, her movie. movie. Yeah. Sorry, her movie. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, yeah, you can uh, get those all in the uh, the letters post over at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. Uh, Amory, you want to go ahead and read this first one from Patty? Sure. From Patty. Hi, Bill Marie. Hey, now. Patty L. Patty L. You know my name is Amory. Um, I love your podcast and look forward to listening each week. You two are very thorough and going over the new episodes. Although I'm not sure if it has been noted, but I was think wait, I was thinking about the new page appeared and how the knave of hearts probably had a hand in it. As a knave, he could be messing with Robin and Regina's feelings slash hearts. Do we know yet what their falling out was about? What their falling out was about, maybe even Marion, to cause big problems later. Just wondering your thought. Thanks, Patty. Yeah, but basically saying saying maybe the knave is the one who planted that new page for his own machinations or something, which oh, I thought was an interesting theory. Interesting. Like, and it feels very knave. It feels something very knavish no, it's to do. Something very knavish. Yeah, but I, I I'd assume we'll probably get a mm-hmm. bigger re- revelation on that once we f- circle back around to Operation Mongoose, because apparently it's, it's coming on hold. back. But it's coming back because that was talked about. It'll come back. Okay, uh, next up is uh, Jasmine. I And uh, if you missed our 100th episode, Jasmine uh, was the one who wrote the nice letter about the back of my head and asked me <laughs> to do a Robin Hood face. <laughs> uh, but uh, she says, thanks for the creepy Robin Hood face shout out. I laughed my <laughs> off. Also, you said to email if we watched the video of your commentary of Tallahassee while watching the show. I did, and it is far more humorous that way. <laughs> Keep doing more and keep the video. Like I said, Gotta watch go the video it. commentary. Uh, finally, my thoughts on my only thoughts on last night's episode. I hope the next time uh, we get at least 10 minutes of Snow and Charming bickering like some old married couple through the jail cells. I want to hear her nag him for not cleaning up or having to be reminded to take out the trash. Then I want to hear him respond, uh, she doesn't wear sexy dresses anymore. <gasps> 
And by the way, I totally agree with Anne-Marie that they need to uh, dress up Snow a little bit better. Seriously. Thank you, Jasmine. Seriously. Like, For sure. How is she going to fight in these frumpy mm-hmm. frocks? I, I think I, I read a comment earlier, too, say, saying they were hoping that uh, – like. Uh, Snow would get mad at Charming for thinking she was a murderer, and then Charming would get mad at Snow for being a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. All right. Um, this one is from Vicky. What can I say except that tonight's episode was epic? I love that we found out the Arendelle storyline lined up time-wise with current day Storybrooke because that is something I had been trying to figure out for a while. (laughs) Anna and Elsa's reunion was so sweet and it was great to see them back together after Elsa chasing after her all season. One thing I liked about that that is completely unrelated. I like to think of her like, that was adorable. One of the reasons this episode worked so well is because the danger felt real. We've seen what this spell can do to someone and understand this isn't just another curse for the town. The pain everyone, the pain of everyone having to separate from their loved ones in order to try and keep them safe was heart-wrenching. I was literally on the edge of my seat for the last few minutes. Even though I hate Hook, hate that Hook is being used by Rumple, I feel that it's being well handled. His anguish over over what he's forced to do feels real, but his feelings for Emma still managed to eke through in that he seeks her out before the spell hits town. Smash the Mirror was a fantastic episode, yet I feel like the creators managed to, to top it tonight. The season has felt a little hit or miss for me, but they have certainly hit their stride and are really ramping up things for the mid-season finale. The Snow Queen turned out to be a really great villain. I uh, Thank you, Vicky. And yeah, you Obviously, know, Vicky is on the I love this episode train. Yeah. And it, Yay. While, while we were pretty pretty down on the episode overall, I, I definitely agree with you that I, I, I have loved how the Snow Queen has turned out. In mm-hmm. fact, one of my big complaints of this episode is that we didn't get enough of her. But I'm yeah, sure we, that'll she, be fixed. She just stood in her one spot mm-hmm. a lot. This Pretty season. much. Okay, uh, Rain tweeted us out right after the episode. I think I can't sleep knowing that all the fairies are now inside the hat. <gasps> it seriously was annoying. Okay, um, Ashley wrote in, Hey, Anna and Bill, man, this new curse cloud is shiny and possibly deadly. Not a good combo. Mm-hmm. Well, timelines are now synced up and hearts... Anna and Christoph are okay. Yay! Loved their stuff and, fight- and the fighting scenes. I was hoping they... I was hoping they were, but oh man, the slow, slow mo dramatic shot inducing shattering sight curse cloud. Eep! Um, I loved Emma trying to protect baby Neil and etc. Charmings and a little frozen fam, etc. Um, sad face. I hope Sven's okay. Oh, Sven! Sven. Wait, Sven's still in Arendelle. Oh no. Nasty princes of the Southern Isles. Boo. <laughs> and Hook, bad, bad, bad boy. Was like a horror suspense movie. Oh my gosh, Blue, not again! <laughs> and I hope he didn't get Tinkanova. Um, I hope... I, what is it? Is it... <laughs> I'm blue. If I was green, I would die. So reverse it. If I was blue, I would die. If I was green, question mark. Okay. And then the video gets pulled down. Um, (laughs) Blue, not again. Uh, Darn you, Rumble, for regressing again. I do not like this. That bad, really, really bad. Hashtag the dark one is here. Um, Getting original Snow Queen feels. And the next week's looks crazy awesome. Giving this one six handcuffs out of the drawer out of ten. Hugs and cheers, Ash. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, Anne Marie, for reading Ash's emails. I always prefer you two because you, <laughs> you, you have you. I have the right energy for you, them. You found her voice for sure. I found Ash's voice. Okay, uh, next one is uh, from Elizabeth, 
And uh, so we have two more episodes to go until the winter hiatus. Sadness. I think for the most part, this was a good filler episode. I like how Rumpel wanted to save Henry, too. Like, for once, he was thinking about his grandson. Honestly, my favorite part of the episode was when Snow and David were holding hands, then their eyes did the shatter thing. <laughs> Whatever it was called. I have a thing with eyes. Yeah. And then, then the way they started to look at each other as their hands separated and pulled away. The looks on their faces, priceless. Oh, uh, things are about to get nasty. Nasty. I can't imagine the things Snow and Charming are going to say to each other, but I'm kind of looking forward to all the cat fights that are going to happen next week. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, once you say something, it can't be undone. So I'm wondering if anything said, uh, if anything said, uh, will place some damage on relationships. They can't just go, oh, well, we were cursed, so I didn't mean it, can they? Well, they did for the date. With Dr. Whale. Oh, yeah. We were under a curse. We were, we were cursed. We were cursed. I give this episode 20 out of 25 vacuumed up fairies. Oh, hope, the poor fairies. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. And I'm very thankful for the podcast. Until next week. Bye. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Do, do, do. And you want to take this next one? Yep, I can read this. Okay, this is from Ember, who we mentioned earlier. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm assuming I start yes after the bold. Uh, oh, yeah. I, Ember, I, I guess, is a fairly recent listener to the podcast, but sent us like three or four messages over the past couple of weeks. All great stuff, all up in the blog post. Uh, but I, I, I had already pulled out this section uh, to put in the thing before we got her, uh, I think her, uh, her message for this week's episode. So it's not relevant to this week's episode, but go to the blog post, uh, the letters blog post for more on that. All right. Still going to read this. Okay. And about your podcast. Since there is no new episode to talk about, there are so many once podcasts and no offense, but most of them suck. Um, and yours is awesome. I disagree with a lot of what you say. I mean, you wanted Hook to die. Um, <laughs> but I like that because I like seeing how you think of things and you point out things that I never would have noticed. Like the slippery when wet sign in the episode, the Jolly Roger. <laughs> I love how Amory calls Neil baby snowflake. Even after the naming ceremony, I give it 199.9 out of 200 of Rumpel's flings. He had a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> About the whole Frozen thing, I thought that they should should have sort of changed the storyline like they did with everything else. True that. Because that's what made Once Upon a Time. But I understand why they did that. Just picture the angry mob of Frozen fans screaming bloody murder. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a little dramatic. But yeah, also, I really like Anna. Ultimate Captain Swan shipper like ever, Ember. Would you like a fling, dearie? Thank you, Ember. Thank you, Ember. And uh, we'll wrap up here with Chris Tipton, uh, who sent sent us his top five points. Uh, He says, wow, what an episode. I was completely blown away. This was my favorite episode this season and probably top ten overall. My top five moments, how I will do uh, Facebook. I think that's more for me. Uh, Number five. (laughs) You want to give me a... Number five. Bella's finally useful again. Also, a wild blue fairy appeared. Number four, Hook and Rumpel. Rumpel is the most evil he has ever been. Any redemption he had is completely gone. What he is doing to Hook is deplorable. Uh, Belle seriously needs to find him out now. I wonder if Blue's really gone now. I thought she would get away, and she may have since we didn't see her get completely sucked up. Number three, preparations for the spell. Regina's talking like a hero now. It was hilarious when Snow and Elsa's blind faith was... uh, I can't say that word on the podcast then. Uh, <laughs> Charming, they said it in the show. 
Yeah, I guess so. Screwing them. Uh, Charming and uh, Kranis, uh, Kranis reunion. Christoph. Oh, yeah. Christoph and Anna. Christoph and Anna. We're going to need to work on that Kranis, shit name. Kranis. No. Well, that's what it says, but yeah. no. <laughs> Number two, the cliffhanger. Really well done. Snow's evil eyes, then... And number one, Krana's story overall yes. was Chris's favorite uh, thing about the episode. And he gives the episode five of five golden blackbeards. Woohoo! Excellent. And as always, uh, when, when you get done watching the episode next week on Sunday night, uh, run through the hallways of your house, killing all of your loved ones. Then email us, greetingsfromstorybrook <laughs> at gmail.com. Tweet us at gfstorybrook. Facebook is facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Uh, now, Amory, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on the Twitters at AMDSimone or under my blog Twitter at CCHCblog, crunchycrafty.com. There's a link in the hot chocolate post. <laughs> Excellent. And as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bill Meeks, my Google Plus, where you, we do these every Wednesday. So you're probably here. Monday, rather, yeah, at 8.30 p.m. EST, uh, is google.com slash plus Bill Meeks. And I mentioned it earlier, uh, the dog boy stuff, dogboyadventures.com, dot com, dot com. Uh, yeah, and I guess, uh, oh, yeah, awesome. we, oh yeah. Hmm? great episode, super long episode, which really is Really long episode. Uh, but I, great having Blair on. Thank you very much, yes, Blair. Yes, thank you, Blair. And I, th- I think we're going to, the next couple episodes, we're going to wrap up uh, old school Just Me and You. I think so. Yeah, uh, ju- just me and you. Just because sometimes the lag can be a little weird and stuff. But we've loved really, having guests this season. We really have. Yeah, and I really think Blair's the way to go out for guests this half season, right? Because I mean, he he, he just, called it. He blew our minds. He blew our minds. Absolutely. I may have a little surprise for next week. I've given myself a project. I can't Interesting. tell you. I, I don't even know what this is. So. No, you don't. I thought of it while we were on the show. I'm scared. I'm scared. You should be. Okay, so I guess wait for that surprise. <laughs> and until next time, <laughs> greetings from, from Storybrook. What could it be? What is it? Is it a shattered mirror? Get Batman Elsa. Bad Elsa. Bad Elsa. Bad Elsa. Hi, I'm Bill Meeks, and I wrote Dog Boy, Eye of the Scarab. It's uh, the fourth uh, chapter of the Dog Boy Adventures series, and I thought it's kind of a fun way to promote it. Usually I do a trailer or something. I thought, you know, why don't I just sit down and I'll read the first chapter and throw it up on my YouTube channel. This is episode one. I We're releasing it in three episodes. You can find the first one at bit.ly slash Eye of the Scarab if you like what you hear. Dog Boy, Eye of the Scarab by Bill Meeks. Episode one. The Eye Sees All, July 27th, 2005, outside City Hall, 4 p.m. No more leash laws, a student shouted up City Hall's steps. He swung a protest sign over his head, Good Dogs Roam Free, written in black marker. Superheroes aren't the villains, yelled a woman passing out bottled water to the assembled crowd. Several policemen stood blocking the doors, brandishing armored shields with the letters CCPD stenciled along the front. The protesters milled around on the sidewalk, brandishing placards with catchy slogans and hand-drawn dog boy sketches. A blue tarp covered the area above the door, two lumps on either side. Stand back, citizens, said a cop through his bullhorn. 
Please remain within the free speech zone or else we'll take it as an act of aggression. Bronson Black, a 14-year-old who, in his spare time, patrolled the streets as dog boy, happened upon the protest rally while wrapping up a date with his girlfriend Cindy McNeil. See, who says we have to fight City Hall, Bronson said. Looks like there's a whole slew of people doing that already. Yeah, but why are they doing it, Cindy said. She tapped a protester on the shoulder. Excuse me, can you tell me what's going on here? We're protesting the mayor's crusade against helpful vigilantes like Dog Boy, the man said. This manhunt is the height of hypocrisy. The only reason we need people like him is because the police are already so ineffective. Even a kid can do better. A few people cheered across the way. The other protesters followed suit, although they didn't sound like they knew what they were cheering about. Dog Boy's pretty great, isn't he? Bronson said. Are you kidding? You're talking to his number one fan. I've seen every piece of film out there on him. Twice. What a hero. Don't spread it around, but I heard he has some weird new power, said the man. What sort of power? Bronson asked. The man looked around to make sure nobody was listening, then leaned in close enough for Bronson to smell his stale breath. Okay, are you ready? Teleportation. One minute he's fighting in front of you, then you blink and he's 20 yards away. Are you kidding me? Bronson scoffed, letting a little chuckle escape. Teleport? No, he's freezing time. He stopped himself when he noticed the man's eyes narrow. But what do I know about superheroes anyway? Thanks, mister. Bronson, come on, we've got to go, Cindy said. She pulled two ticket stubs from her back pocket. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Roxy Cinema. She took Bronson's hand, leading him away from the crowd. Quit being so obvious, you egomaniac. You know a, a secret identity depends on you keeping it a secret, right? We already used those tickets. You didn't have to lie to that guy. He seemed nice, Bronson said. You're right, though. I should be more careful. Besides, we're on a date. From this point on, I'm not dog boy at all. Just your friendly neighborhood boyfriend. So did you like the movie? Cindy asked. What a freaking roller coaster. I love the crazy music and the guy they had playing the Oompa Loompas was hilarious. What did you think? It was fine, but not nearly as good as the old one. Me and Dad used to watch it when Mom was working. The guy playing Wonka is super creepy. Never seen it. I can't even look at you anymore. Where's your mask? Here. Cindy peeled off the baseball cap and put it over Bronson's face. He swatted it away. I swear it's a classic. Man, your parents kept you on a pretty tight leash, didn't they? Stand back, please, the ca police captain said, pushing the crowd back with his shield. Mayor Lane's coming out to talk to you freaks. The front door swung open. Mayor Lane stepped out. His suit fit him like a lizard skin, sagging in the joints but tight around the limbs. He skittered down the steps, waving to the crowd as he approached the lectern. Citizens, first we want to thank you for exercising your rights to protest here today. What fool would deny we live in a functioning democracy? In a less free society, we'd take you next door and throw you in a cell. Or worse. Why don't you worry about the real crooks? A ten-year-old is doing a better job than you guys at cleaning up the streets, yelled a voice in the crowd. He's 14, Bronson shouted. Sir, our police are tasked with maintaining law and order. If we allow this child to run around deciding innocence or guilt, that's not justice. Just because he fights crooks doesn't make him a hero. He's no better than them. Tell it to the people he saved in Dixon Park, Cindy yelled, the crowd cheering for her. 
Bronson poked her with his elbow. Now who's being too obvious? Irregardless, be quiet, Marilyn shouted over the crowd. He's breaking the law. Our decorated police force, the best in the state, have been unable to capture this vigilante. If we can't catch him, we must watch him. We don't want him throwing anyone else off rooftops after all. I give you the new eyes of Colta City. Two officers pull down the tarp above the door revealing a printed sign, Project Dolan. Two security cameras were mounted on either side. They panned across the crowd as the live video stream played on the massive digital billboard mounted on the building. Project Dolan, or Dog Boy Observation Location Analysis Network, will allow us to track Dog Boy anywhere in the city. The cameras are remote controlled by a trained team of technicians from right here in City Hall. We can capture up to 12 terabytes of digital footage an hour. The data will be stored in our Stonehouse Park data centers, which can hold up to 5 exabytes. We can store and review up to 50 years worth of footage. With access to this much data, Dogboy won't be able to hide for long. He gestured to the building across the street where they'd mounted two more cameras. We've already installed over 300 eyes across the city. There's no corner we can't see, no place Dogboy can hide. You a pervert or something, buddy? A man shouted. I don't want you watching me all the time. Mayor Lane chuckled. Sir, I'm not sure what boring things you get up to in your intimate moments, but believe me, we have no interest in watching them. This system tracks Dog Boy, or any other copycat vigilantes who might appear. Normal citizens with nothing to hide have nothing to fear from Project Dolan. The mayor's stylish young assistant, Chester, burst out the doors. He put a note card down on the lectern as he whispered in the mayor's ear. The mayor picked up the card and read it over, then looked back to the crowd. I'm sorry, folks. I know your protest permits are all in line, but we'll need you to exit the area in an orderly manner. There's a fire at the orphanage down the street, and emergency personnel need you to clear. There are still children in the building. The police will inform you when you can resume your little protest to a brighter future for Colta City. The orphanage, Bronson said. I know this was supposed to be a date and everything, but... Go save some kids, Cindy said, tapping his backpack, which held his mask and cape. See you at the shop around five? What's around five? Bronson asked. Um, you asked me to go with you and Mr. Horham to clear out your dad's old storage unit? Oh, yeah, sure, I gotta go. Cindy leaned over and gave him a quick peck. Be careful, sounds like being dog boy is going to be more dangerous than ever with this Project Dolan thing. Bronson took off, ducking into an alley a block away. He flew into the air, landing on the building next to the orphanage. Smoke poured out of the windows. Children's screams cut through the cra cracking sound of burning wood. He unzipped his backpack, digging out his costume. A soft mechanical whirring started to his right. A Project Dolan camera rotated toward him. He sighed and closed his eyes. When he opened them again, the color in the world was gone. The pigeons flying above him hung in the air, their wings stuck mid-flap. He ran over to the camera, then wrapped his hands around the camera body. He focused his magical energies into the device until it melted into a pile of goo. The air in his lungs ran out. He jerked back. A quick thought made time start up again. The colors came back, and the birds flew out across the rooftops. Dogboy finished shooting up, then bolted across the roof to assess the situation at the orphanage. Two children called to him for help from a window three floors down. As he drifted into the air, 
he heard the soft whir from another camera. He looked into the camera lens. I don't know if these things do audio or not, but I'm warning you right now. If you think you can watch me every second, you're nuts. I'm going to break every camera I see, and if you don't back off, you're next. I'm not scared of you, or your police, or your fancy spy gear. He shot an orange beam at the camera, knocking it off its stand. The lens shattered on the black roof. Dogboy flew down to the orphanage window. Don't worry, kids. Dogboy's here, he said. He grabbed the boys, then deposited them in the alley below, right back into the air. A teenage girl clawed at the closed fourth-story window. Her thick, feathered hair reminded Dogboy of a moth's wings. He motioned for her to step back. She jerked her head back and forth, screaming like a siren. She hammered her head into the window, again and again and again and again until it smashed the glass. Oxygen got sucked through and fed the flames. She cackled as they engulfed her. Dogboy pawed through the broken glass. He caught her arm, but it crumbled into gray ash as he touched it. He felt like he was going to hurl. A cry from the window above him. No time to freeze. No chance for regret. Up to the window, down to the ground, then several more times until the other children were safe. Heroic deeds done and feats finished, Dogboy flew around the city on patrol, careful to note where the mayor's cameras were installed. He let his mind drift to the girl he couldn't save. Why put her head through the glass? Why was she laughing? How did she burn so fast? It felt unnatural. Supernatural? He had suspicions, but if he was right, then he couldn't speak them out loud. He put it out of his mind as he headed toward 523 South 4th Street. It was almost time to leave for his father's storage unit, and he certainly didn't want to keep Mr. Horam waiting. But yeah, you can find the book at bit.ly slash eyeofthescarab. I hope you enjoy it. We didn't even get to the scarab yet. And then episode two, there's a huge superpowered teenage superhero arena thing. It's awesome. I liked writing it. I hope you like reading it. Uh, so yeah, bit.ly slash eyeofthescarab or dogboyadventures.com for more information. Uh, you can get all the books there, audiobooks on Audible, everything. Thanks. Bye.